up, everybody, and how is it going? Welcome to episode three. How's it going, Higgy? It's going well. Beautiful Sunday. No football yet, but hopefully soon. Yeah, hopefully we get football this year. That'd be a big bummer. Yeah. All right, so today is going to be a Jets episode. But to start it off, uh, we will go through our beers that we're drinking today. Higgy, you want to start it off? <laughs> you want to kick it off, or am I just <laughs> going first on the beers? Go first on the brewskis. Yeah, that's true. Just the, the beer ski expert. Yeah. It's a, today I'm ripping the uh, Space Dust IPA from courtesy of Elysian Park Brewing Company, Seattle. It's really good beer. Uh, definitely something to check out if you're trying to get into IPAs. It's a lot, just bear fine. It's a lot sweeter at first than most, and then it kind of comes back up with that traditional IPA poppy finish. So something to, to put in the cart next time you're out. You're trying to get into beers, trying to get into IPAs. Not sure if that's your scene yet. We're doing a lot of summer beers, but it is the season, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> for an ar- arrogant bastard beer. Um, it is pretty dense. It's really thick. Uh, it's not really my style of beer. It is brewed in Escondido, California, and Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, I don't know. It's not really my cup of tea, so uh, I hate to I hate to give them not my favorite review. It's just a little, little hoppy, a little dark, a little too heavy for my typical summertime beer. But for those that like a more hoppy, dark beer, I think this would be good for you guys. It's got more like a milky, dark taste to it. So uh, if you like stouts, I think this would be a good one for you. What's that one called again? Arrogant Bastard Ale. Or not <laughs> worthy. Mm, sounds so, pretty accurate for the for the person drinking it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not worthy of it. <laughs> the first line on the description. This is an aggressive beer. You probably won't like it. Hmm. <laughs> well dude at least they know what they're doing yeah it is quite doubtful that you have the taste or sophistication to be able to appreciate and nail this quality and depth oh dude they're just firing on all still <laughs> well, I, I like how i like how you were talking about like oh man i'm gonna have to roast this beer on the review and now they're just roasting start me. reading the, start <laughs> reading the label and the beer's roasting your bag yeah, that backfired. Oh, God. Yeah, I gotta say, you deserve it. Getting flamed by this beer right here. Yeah, I'm just gonna stop. Get my confidence <laughs> up a little bit. I feel like there was no writing, and then the beer looked into your soul. Yeah, just probably... pulled out, pulled <laughs> yeah, out exactly. everything it had on you. Yeah, it's like, oh, you want to talk shit on me? Not today. All right, well, enough beer talk. Let's start talking about the Jets. A little update from the rumors yes. that I've been hearing on the Jets. Um, they're still negotiating, talking with Logan Ryan, but I hear that's kind of at a stalemate. Um, Joe Douglas seems to be content with the depth at corner, uh, especially given the draft that we just had and the addition of Quincy Wilson. So that makes sense. I don't think he's going to be shelling out money. And I think Logan Ryan probably wants a little too much. Yeah. Did you see the, uh, the Andy Dalton interest? Yeah, I guess the Jets were, I mean, yeah, he went to the Cowboys, but I guess the Jets were interested yeah, in bringing in the Red Rocket. I think they're going to do the due diligence on most backup quarterbacks. Uh, I know they've been linked to Joe Flacco. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. Yeah, I think his porn stash down <laughs> up to uh, East Rutherford. Yeah, I think that'd be. I think it'd be good to get a get a veteran quarterback in there, uh, or bring back Big Josh McCown. That'd be nice. I know. Why did Josh do that? It's like yeah. oh, I'm gonna retire. Should have brought him down to play for the Eagles. <laughs> Should have brought him in at a quarterback coach. Get rid of Dowell Loggins. Whispering in the ear of young sweet Sam Darnold. It's not what we want. But I mean, hopefully they can improve on last year. So I guess I'll read through the offensive depth chart that works so your starting lineup is going to look something like uh wide receiver one and two uh paraman mims and quinjan nunwa will all kind of be floating around those positions and then james and crowder is definitely going to be in the slot 
Your O-line's going to look like Mekhi Becton at left tackle. Probably Alex Lewis. Maybe eventually uh, Clark can get in there at left guard. Center's going to be Connor McGovern. For now, right guard is going to be Brian Winters, but there have been some rumors that we'll be getting rid of him. So that's potentially somewhere where Alex Lewis can slide in or shift everyone around. Maybe Greg Van Roten gets some reps. He's a pretty savvy veteran. And then on the opposite end, at right tackle, we're probably going to see George Fant come out there. Chuma did okay last season. I think there are a couple steps we would have liked to have seen him take before the season ended. But uh, for now, he can provide quality depth and let let the Jets see what they have with George Fant and see if he's a potential starter for the next three years of his contract. At tight end, we have Chris Herndon coming back, hopefully healthy and staying out of trouble so he can play a full season. Yeah, I know Sam really relies on him and they have a really good uh, repertoire. So that will be cool to see if they're both able to play full seasons. Ryan Griffin coming back, who provided really good depth last year uh, when Herndon was out. He's just kind of a, a good pass catcher. He's not really super athletic and doesn't really wow you in any one category, but he's just kind of a reliable, healthy target. And then you got Sam at quarterback, Le'Veon obviously at running back. Coming in but with some of the depth, I guess some of those impact players I've highlighted at certain positions that will be able to make some plays. I think LaMichael Piran will hopefully get pretty involved in the offense. I was reading one analysis of LaMichael Piran, and I said he's not really comparable to Le'Veon, but I think that's very inaccurate. I think he's a very similar back to Le'Veon. I mean, he's got great burst, good agility, and I think he's got kind of that same patient vision that Le'Veon runs with. So hopefully that new O-line can kind of open up some more holes for those guys and let them get after it. Uh, Quincy... Quincy and Nunwa coming back is something to keep a keep an eye on. You know, he's he's also one who struggled to stay healthy, but Chris and I were watching some film on him from when he was healthy. He just looked dominant. I mean, yeah, yeah he's not putting up like a thousand yards, but he's after the catch, he's one of the better receivers in the league. Yeah, I think if the Jets can get him back, uh, he'd be a good receiver for Sam to have. Sam kind of needs someone to be able to check the ball down to and get that yak, similar to how he uses the tight ends. Uh, so I think those tight ends being healthy and being there for Sam is going to be a big addition for the Jets' offense. Yeah, I mean, using Quincy the check down like that is something that could potentially kind of open up Denzel Mims or Brashad Perriman going deep or vice versa. Them going deep can open up one of these underneath kind of guys like Jameson Crowder, Quincy Numa, Braxton Barrios, if he's getting some reps out of the slot. The other thing to keep an eye on is um, Lawrence Cager stepping in for Quincy Numa. He's got a similar play style, right. big body, strong runner. Yeah, I think he's very physical at the point of attack, too. So, I mean, that's something that's probably going to help on uh, on the passing offense, obviously. The Jets were ranked 27th in pass touchdowns last year. So, Lawrence Cager could definitely come in and instantly make an impact in the red zone, replace some of those guys. You know, you put Lawrence Cager in at one side, maybe. Jameson Crowder, for some reason, always has, like, a sneaky way of finding that hole in the red zone. Maybe throw Quincy or Denzel on the other side. And you've got three pretty – pretty quality targets down there with Chris Herndon down in the red zone. So that should be something fun to watch. It's going to be a fun offense to watch as long as Adam Gase. And I think Adam Gase, just watching interviews, he sounds a lot, I don't want to say more mature, but as long as he has the wherewithal to learn from his mistakes and start providing the offense some help and getting them the correct play calling, I think they could be all right. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It would be kind of hard for them to get worse. Last year, they were 31st in points for and 32nd in yards. So you have probably the worst rank offense in the NFL so hopefully they can make some serious strides and I mean as long as they're able to help out that defense that defense was pretty strong um there were a lot of close games that you know a couple points could have really swung 
something we were talking about the other day. You know, they were, they were in a shootout with the Packers, and Sam Darnold was hanging in there with Aaron Rodgers. Or, like, that early early loss of the Bills was a one-point loss just because the offense was struggling to get some things done. So, I mean, this team's definitely got a lot of potential. We kept a lot of key pieces and really built on that. So, Yeah, and then, like you highlighted on the defense, we got big C.J. Mosley coming back. That's going to be a huge addition. Uh, you pair that with Avery Williams and two in the middle, and uh, I think that's going to be a pretty nice middle linebacking core. With all the additions of the linebackers, it kind of seems like the Jets could be switching to a 4-3. I know Greg Williams, he's run that in the past. I think he ran that with the Saints back when he had the um, the whole incident. And then yeah, the bounty gate. <laughs> bounty gate. And then I think that he also the did kind it with, of aggression you love to see from the <laughs> defensive coordinator. He also ran a 4-3 with the Browns when he was their defense coordinator. Tino. Yeah, I mean, and his, his system really had uh, Miles Garrett thrive, you know. Yeah. And he had some key other contributors that were able to make plays blitzing from the linebacker positions, like Jannard Avery from the Browns. So, I mean, Greg's got really creative pressure schemes. I think his base 4-3 is more of his strength than a 3-4. Than a Not that it's a large difference. Um, I'd definitely like to see a 4-3 to get some of the players we have into a better scheme for themselves a little bit. I mean, CJ Mosley can play 3-4 and Avery can play 3-4, but I think having Mosley as like a Mike backer and Avery as a, as a strong side backer, maybe Cashman as the weak side backer. Or that, Patrick that on be a pretty, Yeah, or Patrick, uh, who's had success with CJ Mosley in the past when they were on the Ravens together. Something like that uh, in combination with Quinnen Williams at a three-tech, keeping that, I think that's somewhere where he really thrives. So that could be huge for his development. In the one, you play someone like Steve McLendon. Big Fat. Fat Ukasi, yeah, Big Fat. <laughs> Nate Bird. Uh, a lot of guys there. And then I think being able to put your hand in the dirt will help for a lot of these young edge rushers, you know. Jordan Jenkins did did very well last season. He had eight sacks. But potentially putting his hand in the dirt could could take off some of the load. He's great setting the edge against the run. So that's something he thrives at. It could help improve his pass rushing chops. And I think Jabari Zuniga is someone who could be really explosive if he had his hand in the dirt versus potentially trying to make stand up and do something he's necessarily accustomed to. Florida kind of played him out of position last year, even moving him inside to D-tackle in certain mm-hmm. sets, you know. So that, combined with the injury, really didn't give him the senior year he was hoping for when he came back. I saw in an interview he said he only came back because his mom said he had to finish college. That's funny. So, I mean, I, I respect it. I'm glad he graduated, and I'm glad I think we got a great value with him here in three. So putting him in that position like Miles Garrett had potentially uh, could really could really help him thrive especially as a situational role as he gets caught up to speed on the defense. If we also stick with the 4-3, um, we have options of just letting Jordan Jenkins play off the ball and having him blitz off the edge and having like someone like Kyle Phillips filling in on with his hand in the dirt uh, with Jordan Jenkins rushing off the edge. I think Kyle Phillips improved a lot and showed that he can handle the role. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, that 4-3 shift could really, like I said, it just kind of puts everyone in a scheme that – seems like they might be better suited for or a little more free up for the roster that we have, which is something I'd like to see. So it seems like from everything I've been hearing that Greg was really involved in the draft this year. So that's exactly what you want to see. Let him build out this defense. You know, I think he's not obviously not the most important coach on the team, but I do think he's probably the most effective. prestigious coach. on the, Yeah, most effective. I mean, he's consistently 
shown that he can run a really great defense. So I want to give that man the tools to really build on what he did last year. Yeah, he saved us from a lot of embarrassing games last year. Yeah, and I think that the draft definitely like showed that. I think Ashton Davis, player that's going to be able to come in and contribute right away and kind of fill that role like Demarius Rand had on the Browns defense when Greg was running the show. Mm-hmm. Just that kind of single high, super athletic, decent instincts, plays 100 miles an hour. You know, Dem- Demarius Randall found a lot of a lot of success. I remember I was that he should come in. <laughs> I think the Jets might bring him in, and then we're yeah. looking at some of his tweets. He's like, Greg Williams is. I don't respect him as a coach or a man. Yeah, he hates. Oh well, he's probably not coming in, but <laughs> yeah. But it looks like they got a guy who can who can really do this that Demarius Randall did. Played all over the place. Really familiar with different types of coverage. So let's just let that guy play center fielder. Yeah, I think we'll have a lot of sub packages with um, the three safety look with Jamal down in the box, uh, Marcus May floating around with Ashton Davis back there. Um, I think that allows the Jets to make a lot of plays and get get the defense involved in turnovers, things like that. Yeah, I mean, especially in the AS uh, where you have all these, like the Patriots, whatever tight end they have, they're always trying to scheme into their things or slot receivers like Julian Edelman, Cole Beasley. You know, teams are trying to scheme those guys open and now moving Jamal to basically like a modified linebacker safety in certain sub packages where he can be super effective against the run blitz or even run with some of those slot guys, I think will make a really big difference on the defense. Yeah. And I think the other place we improved a lot is that corner big time depth. Now uh, we brought in Pierre Desir who has shown big time bright spots. I mean, he's not, I'm not going to say he's going to come in and be a lockdown number one, but he's at least a, a huge upgrade over our cornerbacks last year, Daryl Roberts and uh, Tremaine Johnson. Yeah, I mean, he's half the money of Tremaine Johnson. Probably not be a bottom three ranked corner in the league. So yeah. I think bless Austin with the whole year under his belt in the NFL now, getting that whole um, just the speed and knowledge and everything on defense is going to be big for him. I think bringing in Quincy Wilson also is going to be huge for the Jets. Um, We're just going to have now competition at the outside cornerback position, which is something we really haven't seen. It's usually always, oh, Daryl Roberts and Tremaine Johnson going to be starting. Always been Daryl Roberts, yeah. Yeah, so now we'll have some competition for the outside positions, and I think uh, competition brings brings out the best in people. So we'll see a good battle between those two. Yeah, you know, even even Kyron Brown coming back. I know the Jets were pretty high on him last year. Some of these undrafted guys who who probably weren't ready to play last year, but definitely – ready to compete this year should be interesting to watch. Yeah. And I think Bryce Hall is going to have a similar season to bless Austin last year. I think he is probably going to sit for a while, um, kind of learn the ropes, recover, heal fully. And then when he's ready, step in and hopefully make an impact for the jets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he might not make an impact right away, but I think down the line, that will be a huge value pick that the jets ended up picking up. Yeah. Yeah, And I think it's best to let, let rookie corners kind of, not take a whole year, but just take time not to be thrown right to be fired because cornerback's a tough position to learn. Um, so I think the more time they have to kind of get comfortable with the position, the better off they are. Yeah, and I mean, I think quarter, cornerback is one of those positions where confidence is really, you know, so if you throw a young guy out there like Bryce Hall against Stephon Diggs in his very first game, you know, and he just gets worked for 150 yards, hard to bounce back from for at least a couple games, you know, and you could easily get in kind of that downward trend, downward mentality. I definitely think it's good to kind of ease those guys into the roster. I think they did a good job with Bless last year, 
even though they just had some other really atrocious corner play. Yeah. So, so hopefully working these guys in and bringing some of these veterans in like Pierre and uh, Quincy will really help out these young guys kind of find their role and, and develop. Yeah, and then the other thing I want to touch about the all the people the Jets have brought in is uh, last year the offensive line and defensive backs just ruined us with penalties. Yeah, I mean, just I think that's a theme of the whole draft. They really targeted those those high character guys who are also really disciplined. So I think that's something that they really focused on trying to get rid of the bad bad seed, so to speak, and bring in guys who aren't going to commit penalties and aren't going to cost the team yards and points and et cetera just by poor poor discipline, poor decision-making. I think that really kind of reflects Joe Douglas and his strategy, which is something that will be good for the Jets, I think, in the past. Mike McCagnan took an approach of, oh, we want high-character guys, so he just didn't take players with any off-field issues but necessarily account for high-character players on the field. So um, that'll be something, hopefully, that we can build a good culture around yeah. some of these key guys. Just to highlight what you're just saying, uh, even just looking at offensive line, so they committed 31 penalties last year, and the people they brought in, Connor McGovern in 2019 had zero offensive penalties, which is huge. It would be very nice and helpful for the Jets. Uh, in 2019 and 2018, Greg Van Roden committed zero penalties, so that would also be huge. And then Mekki Becton, uh, a left tackle, in his 35 appearances at Louisville, had zero holding penalties. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to see this this new depth chart take field. I think the offense is going to look a lot different. I mean, thinking about what we lost, I really don't think we lost anyone too detrimental. I mean, Robbie Anderson's going to be kind of a loss just because Sam Darnold had a pretty good chemistry with them going. Yeah. But, I mean, you're bringing in players like Denzel Mims and Brashad Perryman who definitely can stretch the field like he did. And I think Denzel Mims does a much better job at fighting back for the ball than Robbie did. Robbie was very weak at the point of contact. Yeah. It seemed like whenever whenever the pass just wasn't right to Robbie, I mean, there were occasions where you'd be like, wow, he just gave his 100% for that ball. But there's a lot other plays where you're like, Robbie, run back for the curl, buddy. Just come back and give the ball, at least fight for it. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, yeah, it's all kind of along the same thing. We've just taken, taking players who love to play football. We got a lot of guys with spirit and mental toughness that will really be able to contribute on this team. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Even on special teams, I mean, you got Braden Mann. I mean, I know a punter pick isn't too flashy or something to get very excited about, but. It'll be nice to see some consistency at the position. Yeah, it'd be nice to just, I mean, I hate to say it, but if the Jets do have to punt a lot, it'd be nice to be able to flip the field and get our defense in a good position, not to be fighting constantly. Yeah, and if you're ever wondering who's watching uh, highlight tapes of punters, it's this guy, <laughs> myself right here. I was watching a thick Redman highlight tape the other day, you know, and he's, he's got incredible accuracy at pinning teams deep, you know, just big rollers or or coffin corners. I don't know if he's got just great luck, <laughs> incredible skills, some combination of both. But I think that field position battle could potentially really, you know, help out our defense, give us a chance to win games. Yeah, so, I mean, just to kind of close us out, we really want to hear from you guys. Leave some comments, DM us on Instagram, follow us, subscribe. Let us know what you want to hear. You know, we're happy to deep dive on any kind of research. Any any kind of questions you may have, we love looking into this stuff. So hit us up, and we can give you a shout out on the show. And 
Yeah, give us a follow at Logger Room Talk on Instagram. Yeah, thanks for listening. All right, see you guys. See ya.